Good morning. I want to talk today about true happiness. It's something that everyone wants. Everyone wants to be happy. And in some facets, we've understood or experienced a portion of happiness in our life. Whether it would be for three minutes or for a couple years straight. Either way, we know what happiness is. And happiness is contagious. We want to be happy. We want others to be happy. But even harder to obtain is a long period of happiness. Happiness moves up and down and all around. What we have to be able to do is realize and find out how to be happy. Now, God wants everyone to be happy. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And so when we think about that, we know that God is the giver of all things good. Good things, when given to you, make you happy. Therefore, when receiving things that are good, wanting us to be happy, we need to recognize then where true happiness comes from. It comes from a place where there is no variation of shadow. There is no light, no turning. It is all God bringing down lights and good and perfect gifts to us. From the creation of the world to the creation of humankind to the sacrifice of His Son that He had given to us on the cross for our happiness. Now if His Son came down and died on the cross for us to be happy and all good and perfect gifts come down from the Father above, then what is it that's going to sustain our happiness? Not football. That's over quickly. Not baseball. Unfortunately, the season ends. We have all these things that we, we fill our life with to make us happy. And do they make us happy? Yes. They make us happy, but it's uh, just superficial. It's a superficial happiness. But what God is talking about and what God wants us is to have happiness in spirit, in mind, in body, and in eternity. So it's a different type of happiness. It's not an instant gratification. It's a happiness that is building, that is growing and learning, knowing the ultimate outcome. And so God brings down these gifts and He provides for us also, not only you know, the sacrificial son for our ultimate happiness in the family of God, but also He provides for our physical needs. Matthew 6, 30 and 32. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, so it's going to come and it's going to go, right? There's going to be times of refreshing and there's going to be times when the sun will just kill all the grass and you're thinking you have to water. It's going to come and it's going to go. Will He not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need. He knows what you need. And He knows that you need all these things and when you need all these things. You see, but we're raised in an environment where we get it our way. They even make slogans. How do you want your burger? Hey, have it your way. However you want things, you can get it. But in reality, God is going to provide you what you need. He's going to give you the food that you need. 
It's not always going to be prime ribeye. We need to be happy for liver. Right? Look at people. What? (laughs) I'm the same way. My mother would cook that and I would smell it and I wouldn't even come in the house. But we're going to be happy for what we eat and we need to realize that God has given us these things to enjoy, but He's also given these things to sustain our life. And that's the important part. And He provides for our spiritual needs. Second Peter 1, verse 3. His divine power, that is God's divine power, has given to us all things pertaining to life and godliness. You see, God is going to give us the good and perfect gift, Jesus Christ from above, and all things that flow from the church and holiness and living that righteous life. He's going to provide for our physical needs, whether we agree in liking those, what we're getting, we're getting them. He's going to provide for that and he's going to provide for our spiritual needs. He's given us all things by his divine power. That is, it is a holy and righteous teaching that he's giving us, that he's given us all things that pertain to life. That is your physical life that you're living here on earth that's going to help you live better, do better, your eternal life and godliness. That is the proper way to live. How does that happen? Through the knowledge. Now that's another good and perfect gift from God. The knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. So God the Father wants you to be happy. And He wants you to know that He's going to have your needs met. He's going to give you what you need when you need it. He's going to take care of everything you need for your spiritual needs by the knowledge that He's given us to live right, to do right, to worship right, to be uh, fed spiritually. And He's all going to give us a way to be happy eternally through Jesus Christ. But happiness is not found in the world. You'll notice that what we just saw was God's idea of happiness. He sends forth His Son. He provides for your physical needs to maintain that life you know, in happiness and in accordance with His will. And then He's going to provide for your spiritual needs. But somewhere along the line, we get lost. And happiness is not found in the world. And this is a key phrase. I'm talking about happiness today because it's a key phrase today. Hey, I just want to be happy. Uh, Live your truth. Just live your best life now. I mean, it's everywhere around us. Everybody wants to be happy right now. And the consequences of that happiness is unmatched in its determination to destroy you. James chapter 4 and verse 4. Look what happens. This is where happiness is not found. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Let's explain that for a moment. Now we understand that we live in the world. That's true. And we can enjoy it. Absolutely. You can enjoy the world. You're a part of the world. You're living in the world. But we are not of this world being Christians. We are of the Heavenly Father. We are of our citizenship was in heaven. Our job on this world is to make Christians to make brothers and sisters not to be a part and be friendship with the world. That is to agree with how it lives, to agree in the superficial happiness, to agree with letting people, you know, do things that that are really ungodly and then having us think that it's okay to live in that fantasy land and agree with that fantasy. That's a lie. We can't live a lie as Christians, not even one. Because the devil is a murderer from the beginning and the author of lies. 
But look what it says. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? If you are befriending the world trying to find your happiness, you will never be happy. Enmity is a constant fight that never, ever stops. You will never stop. So you cannot think that friendship with the world, uh, trying to find happiness with the world is going to be good for you. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You see, God is not of the world. The church is set apart from the world. The Bible says that the church is sanctified. So the church is set apart from the world. We go into the world to live and work and do all these things, but we are outside of the world. Therefore, we're not going to find happiness in the world. 1 Timothy 5 through 6. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. Fleeting pleasure is just that. I remember one preacher said it like this. You love sin. but 20 minutes will send you to hell. Because 20 minutes is about as long as the pleasure of sin lasts. In whatever state, in whatever case. And then you search for it again because you have a, a false sense of happiness. But in reality, you can't live this way because if you live this way, you're dead already. You're dead spiritually and you're dead eternally. And so when we're looking for happiness, God wants you content in spite. In spite of all the things that are happening in the world. In spite of the, the struggles that you may be dealing with, the, the individual struggles of your life, uh, what your family's going through, uh, the world around you, the conflict that we're seeing everywhere. In spite of wars, in spite of all the, the strife that we live around, God wants you to be happy. But you say, how can we be happy when all these things are going on? You can be happy in knowing that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and all this will go away. And we will one day rest in eternity. And you've got to work on yourself. 1 Peter 4, 12-13 True happiness comes from within. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Some of us are going to have it harder than others as Christians. As though some strange thing happened to you. It's not strange when you go through these trials. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. True happiness comes from the mindset that says, My, my Savior suffered. My Savior did not have an easy life. He was ridiculed on all points. He suffered more than we can imagine. If we have a mindset that says, I'm happy with what God has given me. This is my life. And this is important. We need to think of this. This is my life. This is my cards. This is the lot I'm given. You can't help who you were born to. to. You can't help how you were born. You can't help a lot of things about your life. But that's what you have been given. When you connect it with your mindset to say, in spite of my infirmities, in spite of my downfalls, in spite of those things that I think are my, my downfalls in life, my weak points, my Lord suffered. And these trials are not going to bring me down. They're not going to depress me. I will stay strong. I know that the Father above gave me good and precious gifts from above, from the lights of heaven. 
And I'm going to enjoy them in spite of what's around me and my personal outcome and the personal problems I'm struggling with in life. Why? Because my Savior can do it. But rejoice to the extent, whatever extent, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Look at what Paul said in Philippians 4 and verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. Whether he had it all or he had nothing, he's content. Sometimes we get taught hard lessons in contentment. When I was growing up, we would take so many trips to Disney World. When people ask me, how many times have you gone to Disney World? I, I, I don't like to tell them. I get a little embarrassed. It's quite a lot. Every year, my dad would take us to, uh, to Orlando to go to Disney World. And he would take us because it was spring break. And, of course, there's spring training. And we would watch the Astros there. So my dad would say, yeah, we're going to Disney World. And in reality, he just wanted to go to the baseball and so we would work our way and we would go one day at Disney World and like three or four days, just baseball all day, all day. So we really know why he was there. But I learned contentment. I was on a trip on I-10, driving through Louisiana. This is being content in what, in what you got. And we're driving in the car and we go through this drive through and we're getting burgers. At the time, I wanted a hamburger, just meat and cheese and bread. That's it. Uh, French fries and a Dr. Pepper. That's it. That's all I want. I can't have mayonnaise. I gag. I got a reflex. I can't have lettuce. Uh, I'm not a rabbit. I can't have... I don't want anything on it. My dad ordered it just like I wanted. I heard him. When we come through, my dad's giving... We're already on I-10. And, and you know, you ain't getting off I-10 once you're on it. And I get this bag and I get my bag. I get my drink. I sip it. Yes, there's Dr. Pepper. That's right. There's my fries. That's right. I open it up. And... uh it's a fully loaded hamburger. I said, Dad, go back. Dad, you got to stop. Go back. I can't eat this. This is not what I ordered. Just go make it right. My dad, in his infinite wisdom or frustration, grabbed it. He said, let me see. Let me check it. He grabs it, lowers down the window, throws it out on I-10. I'm crying. What did you do? He threw I'm hungry. I was about in the sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. And my dad said, son, here's a lesson for you today. It's not about what you eat. It's not about being happy with what you eat. It's about life and survival. You eat the food when it's given to you so you can live. And you be happy with what you get. That stuck with me. Um, I try my best to eat a variety of things now. But the reality is, is we need to be content whether, whether we, get, we get the hamburger all the way or how we want it. We need to be content with what we get. Jesus taught happiness in spite of persecution. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If we're living our lives as Christians and trying to, to maintain happiness, and we're trying to please God doing what He wants us to do, we are inevitably going to um, offend people. And we may be persecuted in some shape or form. Look what He's saying. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. If you're living right... Who cares about the persecution? Why? Because yours is the kingdom of heaven. You know where you live. That's why they're upset at you. So how do we find true happiness? You got to be humble. You got to let go 
and let God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 uh, through 4. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's a, that's a poor spirit. The one who is broken in spirit and has hit his rock bottom. The one who says, I ain't got nowhere to turn to. What do I do, Lord? You are poor in spirit. Those people with the broken and contrite spirit, those are the ones that the kingdom of heaven belongs to. Because those are the ones that are going to be able to look to God and say, Lord Jesus, save me, teach me, guide me. Why? Because I'm broken, my spirit is down, and I can't do it alone. And so here they are. Now those are heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. If you can bring yourself to be humble to mourn for others, for yourself, you'll be comforted because of that spirit. James chapter 4 and verse 10, look what it says. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. He will lift you up. That's a, that's a big problem in America. We have a hard time with humbling ourselves. But it's a, it's a necessity to find true happiness. You need to humble yourself and let God lead you. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12, we need to trust in the Lord. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Remember, no matter what lot you've been given, no matter how much you've been persecuted, no matter what struggles you're seeing, God wants you to be happy. All these things have happened to people before you, but they've made it. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. How do we do that? We humble ourselves, and here's the big one. Look, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just let go. That's how you trust. You let go, and you let God. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to come to. And you trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own directions or on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. That implies that He has allowed us to have everything that pertains to life and godliness, our, our knowledge, our education, in all ways, in all things, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Well, the way He directs your path is if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. If you know what the Bible says, your path will be easier. You'll have a nice flashlight and you can look right on that path and you won't get lost. But you've got to humble yourself to find that. You've got to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Just as we have energy to hunger and thirst for those things that we deem are important to us, we need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. You want to find happiness? Go look for it. Look for it in the Word of God. Look for it in faithfulness. Look for it in the standard of God's righteousness. And there, there He will fill you. You will receive what you need. This is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be bestowed upon you. What? What's that? The clothes, the food, that's... Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32. What about work and service? 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You want to find true happiness? Work hard. 
support yourself, support your family, find a sense of pride in that. Hold your head up high. Keep your head down in a sense of working, minding your business, raising your family. In that, you will find happiness. That's what God has given us. And you need to be willing to share the blessings that God has given you. 1 John 3.17, but whoever has this world's goods. So that implies that we live in the world and indeed we are going to have things in the world that make our life easier. We're going to have those, those uh, materialistic things. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? When we were in Katy years and years ago, it could be 15 years ago now, there was a young couple, and I say that, I was a young couple <laughs> back then also. Now I'm just old. He went up there and he asked the elder to say something to the congregation. And it's hard out there. It's hard out there to survive. We all know this. And they asked the congregation that they were struggling and they needed money for food if anybody would be able to help. Do you know there was a line that formed instantly? Everybody up there. I think they bought that, that family food for a whole year, every month, until they were able to get on their feet. All those people lined up. That's what he's talking about. You want to find happiness? You hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, faithfulness, the church. You live your life in it. You work hard, provide for yourself and your family, and you help others when they need help. What destroys this happiness? Because that's true happiness. Having Jesus, doing those things, James chapter 4 and verse 4. What destroys happiness? Friendship with the world. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You don't want to be that. Look at James chapter 3 verses 14 through 16. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, this will destroy happiness. Envy and self-seeking. If you're so selfish in your hearts... Do not boast and lie against the truth. You're not above the truth, even though how much self-righteousness you have. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly. You have that kind of attitude, envy, self-seeking, very selfish. That kind of attitude gets in the way of happiness. This wisdom, this type of idea of happiness that you can control everything, and in that you're happy because it's all self-power, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly. It's what the world has taught you to do. It is sensual and demonic, meaning it is not what God wants you to have to be happy. It's very sensual. It's of this moment and it's fleeting. For where envy and self-seeking exist, look what it says. Confusion and every evil thing are there. And you wonder why people aren't happy when they, they feel like they got it all together and they're always doing things their way. They're really not truly happy. Happiness is not found in things. I think we need to recognize this and remember this and really teach our children this. Because in this era that we live in, uh, you want to be happy? I need these new shoes. Give me my phone. Ordered. They'll be here. I, I need this new game. Here, give me the app. Ordered. Go play. What do you, I need any, they just give everything. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
We need to teach our children and ourselves not to depend on the things of this world, but to depend on God with a poor and broken spirit beating on our chest, not looking towards heaven, saying, Lord, have mercy on me. That's how we find happiness when we humble ourselves like that. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction of perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not the root of evil. It's the root of all kinds of evil. If you're a bad person and you make $50,000 a year and all of a sudden you make $500,000 a year, guess what? Now you're a bad person times 10. It just gets worse, right? So this is what he's saying here. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. You're not going to find happiness in the things of this world because the, the uh, desire and search and effort you put in there is taken away from the effort that God wants you to have for true happiness, which is faithfulness and righteousness in God. Over here, you're going to be strayed from the faith and they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Many, many sorrows. Just pay taxes on all that. You know, we have all these sorrows. And it's true what they say. The more money you have, the more problems you have. Some people can handle it well and others can't. And I'm a firm believer that God knows who those people are. And that's why we get the lot that we get. I'm not going to tell you what I would buy. God encourages all to try His way. This is the thing. If we, we want to be happy because God wants us to be happy. We know what to stay away from and God gives us the formula for happiness. I know you remember the formula. Now look, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. There's His invitation. You want true happiness? Come see and ask for the old paths. Not the new ways, not the, the new terms people use, not the new lifestyles, not the new ordinances that people are doing, and, and not anything that has to do with the world. The world changes every 10 or so years. There's something new that comes up, and the next 10 years is going to be gone. But in reality, this is what we need. To seek the old paths. Why? Where the good way is. You can find happiness, you see? God says, stand here and see it. Where, where am I standing? In my way, the old way, the way of the ancient of days, where the good way is. And guess what you do when you're there? Stay faithful and walk in it. Keep your head down, work hard, provide for your family. Be happy in spite of your circumstances. Share with others. Show the love of God. Walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. You'll be content. Knowing that when you rest your pillow at night, if you're living that way, you've got that true happiness, then you know where you're going. That's where the true happiness is, is sprung from. From the inside. It starts on the inside. On the conscience. But look what some people say. We will not walk in it. That's your choice. That's everyone's choice. But I hope that you would make the right choice this morning. God wants you to be happy. Here's the conclusion. Psalm 37, 4 through 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. You want to be happy? Do good things. And treat others how you want to be treated. 
Trust in the Lord. Dwell in the land. That's His land. Dwell in faithfulness, in worship, in brotherly kindness, in fellowship among the brethren, in friendships, in helping each other. Stay involved and stay encompassed with the Lord's work. Dwell in that land and feed on His faithfulness. Feed on His goodness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And He shall give you the desires of your heart. You know what the Bible says? that God knows what you need of Him before you even say it. He knows what's in your heart. And I don't want to burst anybody's bubble or bring anybody down. But a lot of times we have an, uh, um, our imagination, we have an idea of what's going to make us happy. And we wonder why we don't get it. Because God knows what you need to be happy. And you wouldn't have been happier one bit by receiving what you think you need. Romans 15 and verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. That's what God wants. In Jesus Christ, He's given us that. Hope, joy, and peace in believing. That is, humbling yourself and believing in God that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the message of the Gospel, that we can have true happiness eternally. And He can direct us to have better families. Colossians chapter 3. Your whole chapter teaches you how to raise your family. We can have better jobs. Same chapter. We can have better lives. Same chapter. We can treat each other better. Same chapter. Colossians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 as we finish. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Jesus Christ. God, the Father of all that is good and holy, the One who rains down good and, and perfect gifts, the Father of lights where there's no variation of shadow and turning, has given us Jesus Christ for our ultimate happiness. If we live faithfully, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, He's going to provide for what you need for your physical happiness. And then Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, He's given you the Word to transform your mind. So you can live in newness of life and be a living sacrifice for your spiritual happiness. And then Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, He's given you the ability to be faithful to the end so you can receive a crown of glory. And He's given you happiness eternally in that effect. Won't you want that? If you're not a Christian today, the Bible is offering you the invitation it's always offered. To obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, to repent from your sins, to be baptized for the remission of those sins. And the Lord will give you this happiness, will give you eternal life, and He'll put you in the church. And then all the Christians will come around you, guide you, and keep you until the day of His returning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 26. If anybody has any need of anything, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.